Hello, this is a December 27th edition of the Sioux City Journal. On the first page, um, the main article is titled, Winter Comes to Siouxland. It has a photo of uh, two cars, one a blue minivan and one a red pickup truck on a hillside um, on in a frosted over parking lot. They s- sit in front of uh, two suburban houses with snow on the roofs. Um, road conditions return uh, to normal as winter weather system ebbs. Uh, article by Nick Heitrich, Sioux City. It may have been hard to tell while bundled up in a winter coat to protect against snow and ice on Christmas Day, but temperatures actually were warmer than expected. Those extra few degrees helped participation in the Sioux City area fall as rain or ice rather than snow, preventing the higher snow accumulation seen in Siouxland's western areas where temperatures didn't rise. That just really knocked down the snow totals, said Phillips Schumacher, a meteorologist at the National Weather Service in Sioux Falls. Sioux City received 1.5 inches of snow Monday, on top of the inch or so of rain that fell Saturday and Sunday. In addition to the snow, Sioux City receives received ice and freezing rain that made traveling challenging much of Monday. Um, with just a few flurries and sprinkles overnight and Tuesday morning, road and street conditions were returning to normal in the metro area. Sioux City Field Services Manager Patrick Simmons said street crews worked all day on Christmas and overnight Monday and would be out all day Tuesday and into the night if necessary to make sure all streets are cleared. As of Tuesday morning, major streets were clear and crews were making progress in residential areas. Sioux City lifted its snow emergency, um, which had gone into effect Monday evening at 8 a.m. Tuesday. Normal winter that excuse me normal winter driving conditions in northwest iowa were reported by the iowa department of transportation conditions remain a little more iffy in parts of south dakota and nebraska that received more snow vermilion south dakota received six inches nebraska snow totals included 6.5 inches in ponca or um, p-o-n-k-a Uh, 7.5 inches in St. Helena and 9 inches in Bloomfield. Gusty winds Monday led to blowing and drifting snow across western Siouxland. As a result, much of northeast Nebraska and southeast North Dakota reported highways as partially covered. Roads in Dakota City County in Nebraska were listed as seasonal, and traffic cameras showed wet pavement but otherwise normal driving conditions. Siouxlanders will need to wait until days until Siouxlanders will need to wait another day for this stubborn weather system to move out of the area. Schumacher, or Schumacher said Sioux City will could see flurries today and flurries and freezing drizzle overnight and into Wednesday afternoon. Not much accumulation is expected, he said, but even slight freezing drizzle can lead to patchy ice on roads. The weather system that entered the region on Saturday will finally begin to move out late Wednesday and early Thursday, when skies are expected to begin clearing and the high temperatures are expected in the low 30s. It's definitely, it definitely has been a long system, Schumacher said. It's not moving very quickly. It just parked itself over the central U.S. 
Sunny skies and temperatures in the low 30s are forecast for Friday. There's another photo of um, a street in um, Sioux City. It's um, a road that's a little frosty under sort of an overcast sky. It's captioned, an Iowa Department of Transportation traffic camera shows street conditions at Jordan Drive and Court Street in downtown Sioux City Tuesday morning. Road and street conditions are returning to normal after Monday's snow, sleet, and rain. Um, to the right of this article is a column article. Um, it's kept, it's titled, Fortenberry's Federal Conviction Overturned. Court Rules L.A. Trial Venue Unfair to Ex-Congressman. Article by Aaron Sanderford for the Nebraska Examiner. Lincoln. Former Nebraska U.S. Representative Jeff Fortenberry is no longer a convicted felon, but he could face a second trial closer to home or nearer the seat of federal government. The Ninth U.S. Circuit's Court of Appeals reversed Fortenberry's conviction Tuesday for lying to or misleading FBI agents investigating foreign funds being funneled into congressional campaigns, including Fortenberry's. Excuse me, Fortenberry's. Federal law prohibits raising or using foreign funds in congressional races to limit outside influence. The appeals court based in California agreed with Fortenberry's October appeal that federal prosecutors should have tried his case in one of two districts where his alleged offenses occurred instead of in Los Angeles, where the FBI agents were based and where the original fundraiser in question occurred. In Fortenberry's case, the court wrote that should be in Nebraska or Washington, D.C., where FBI agents interviewed him. The crux of his appeal was that he was not afforded a chance at a trial venue closer to where the alleged crimes occurred. Federal prosecutors had argued that at least three circuit court decisions had concluded trials um, can have a proper venue where a crime was committed or where one was um, quote-unquote directed. The Ninth Circuit judges wrote that because the core of the alleged crime was the moment when Fortenberry allegedly lied or misled federal agents, it mattered little where the fundraising occurred or where the federal agents were based. The only connection between Fortenberry and the Central District of California, where he was tried and convicted, was that the agents worked in a Los Angeles office, the appeals court wrote. Fortenberry, in a statement, said his family was, quote-unquote, gratified by the Ninth Circuit's decision. Celeste and I would like to thank everyone who has stood by us and supported us with their kindness and friendship, he said, mentioning his wife. California-based FBI agents in 2015 began looking into campaign donations by Lebanese billionaire Gilbert um, Chagori, maybe, uh, C-H-A-G-O-U-R-Y, Shigori. Um, former U.S. Representative Lee Terry, um, uh, a Republican in Nebraska, and former U.S. Transportation Secretary Ray LaHood were among the other officials whose campaign finances were probed. Terry said, Terry had said he gave away a $5,000 and uh, $5,200 donation 
he received after leaving after learning about the FBI investigation. Court documents, testimony, and recordings indicate that Fortenberry denied knowing about the $30,000 $30, in illegal contributions from Shigori that his campaign collected during a 2016 fundraiser in Los Angeles. During the trial, prosecutors played a June 2018 recording of Fortenberry Fortenberry, speaking with the organizer of the L.A. fundraiser. On it, the organizer, a federal informant, told Fortenberry the $30,000 was likely illegal and it had been delivered in a paper sack had been delivered in a paper sack from an associate of Shigori's. Fortenberry denied knowledge of any illegal contributions during an interview with the FBI at his home in March 2019. During a follow-up interview at his lawyer's office later in 2019, he also denied any knowledge of the donations being illegal. His attorneys argued that he had misheard, forgot, or had a bad connection during the call in which he was told the contributions were illegal. Fortenberry has been a long-time supporter of the mission of Shigori's organization in defense of Christians, which works to protect Christians and other religious minorities in the Middle East. Shigori lives in France. In March, a California jury convicted Fortenberry of three felonies, two counts of lying to or misleading federal investigators, and one count of concealing an illegal campaign donation by failing to report the donation. Prosecutors had sought a six-month prison sentence. The judge sentenced Fortenberry to two years probation, a $25,000 fine, and 320 hours of community service. The congressman resigned from office in March 2022. After leaving Congress, he went to work in the private sector in Lincoln. The ruling chided prosecutors for pursuing a trial in California when Fortenberry faced no federal charge alleged to have occurred in that state. It will be up to federal prosecutors whether to retry their case in a different venue. This outlandish outcome cannot be squared with the Constitution, the court wrote. The venue and vicinage clauses command that a trial be held where the crime was committed. In a statement from spokesman Thom Morozik, M-R-O-Z-E-K, Morozik, uh, federal prosecutors in Los Angeles said, the ruling does not prelude, preclude a retrial on the charges that then-Congressman Fortenberry made multiple false statements to federal agents. We are evaluating potential ne next steps while deciding how best to move forward. Continuing on to page two, uh, the top article um, has um, a photo of an interstate, I believe, covered in snow, um, we see a sign, an exit, and um, the sign for the exit is 353 or 353. Um, the interstate itself um, is blocked by a police vehicle, um, or uh, it has on its side the word state trooper written on it. Uh, the, the sky is overcast. Um, it's captioned, Nebraska State Patrol Troopers responded to 28 crashes and performed 117 motorist assists in the state on Christmas Day. The vast majority of the incidents did not involve injuries. 
Um, this article has a similar type. The title is very similar. It's titled Nebraska State Patrol Handle- Handles 28 Crashes, Helps Over 100 Motorists on Snowy Day, article by the Lincoln Journal Star. Nebraska State Patrol troopers responded to 28 crashes and helped 117 motorists on what was a snowy Christmas for much of the state. State Patrol spokesman Cody Thomas said the vast majority of the incidents did not involve injuries. One crash at about 11.30 a.m. Monday near York led to the closure of eastbound Interstate 80 for about three hours while cleanup took place, though no one reported any injuries. On Tuesday, winter driving conditions continued across the state, with a blizzard warning in effect for areas of north-central and western Nebraska, and winter storm warnings and winter weather advisories for other counties. The state patrol urged travelers to check the forecast for their area and to check 511.nebraska.gov for updated road conditions before hitting the road. Motorists who become stranded should stay with their vehicles and call the NSP Highway Helpline at asterisk 55. Um, below this article is a continuation of the Fortenberry article, as well as another to its left, titled Sioux City Man Pleads Not Guilty of Fatal Shooting, article by the journal staff. Um, it has a small photo of a man with short, um, semi-curly hair. Um, it's captioned Star. Uh, Sioux City. A Sioux City man has pleaded not guilty of fatally shooting another man earlier this month. Farron, or F-A-R-O-N, Farron, I believe, Star, 38, entered his written plea Thursday in Woodbury County District Court to one count of first-degree murder. A trial date has not been set. He remains in custody in the Woodbury County Jail in lieu of a $1.1 million bond. Starr is charged with the December 3rd shooting death of Nathaniel Parker III. Police responding to a call of shots fired at 513 uh, and a half 9th Street, 513, 1 divided by 9, 1 over, no, sorry, sorry, 1 divided by 2, 1 over 2, 9th Street, found Parker, 31, of Sioux City, with a single gunshot wound in the chest. He was pronounced dead at the scene. According to court documents, an eyewitness who had been in the apartment with Parker told police that prior to the shooting, she heard a man she identified as Star arguing with Parker about money shortly before hearing a gunshot and seeing Parker fall backward. The witness said Starr was standing in front of Parker and holding a gun. Three other witnesses told police Starr told them shortly before the shooting that he was on his way to confront Parker about money. Starr was arrested December 6 without incident. He also had an outstanding arrest warrant in connection with a case in which he is charged with stabbing his girlfriend. He has pleaded not guilty to numerous charges in the November 2022 incident and is scheduled to stand trial in February in Woodbury County. Woodbury County, maybe. If found guilty as charged, Dar would face a mandatory sentence of life in prison without parole. Blows this article is one titled Trump Haley Unveil Ads and Sprint to Caucuses, article by the journal Des Moines Bureau. Um, 
it has it also has two small photos of Trump and Nikki Haley. Um, former President Donald Trump's campaign makes a move for the patriotic heartstrings in its latest ad. The campaign ad, which is titled A Christmas to Remember and is airing in Iowa, features former Trump White House spokeswoman and current Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders describing Trump's unannounced visit in Christmas 2018 to see U.S. troops in Iraq. The room absolutely erupted, Sanders says in a recording from a Trump campaign event featured in the new ad. That was the kind of patriotism President Trump brought back to our country. Trump continues to hold a consistent, um, sorry, Trump continues to hold a consistent and commanding lead over the Republican presidential primary candidates, both nationally in Iowa, ahead of the January 15th, first in the nation Iowa Republican caucuses. He's just over 50% in the rolling polling averages at both Real Clear Politics and 538 with roughly 30-point leads over the rest of the field in both. Um, Former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley's campaign has unveiled a new campaign ad that began airing recently in Iowa. The new ad, titled Strong and Proud, features recent national polling that shows Haley faring, faring better than other Republican primary candidates in a prospective general election against Democratic President Joe Biden. A recent Wall Street Journal poll showed Haley beating Biden by 17 percentage points. The Haley campaign also was airing a new campaign ad in New Hampshire, which highlights the endorsement of New Hampshire Governor Chris um, Sununu, Sununu, um, S-U-N-U-N-U, Sununu, Sununu. And Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds has endorsed Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in the GOP race. Continuing on to um, Nation and World, we have Reader's Digest in the uh, in the left-hand corner, um, as well as um, larger articles on the right. The first larger article, um, or the top larger article, is titled, Israel Expands Offensive. Telecom services down again as ground forces target refugee camps. Article by Najib Jobain uh, Wafa, I think, W-A-F-A-A, Sharafa, and Sami Magdi for the Associated Press. Rafa Gaza Strip, uh, that's R-A-F-A-H, Rafa, I think. Israeli forces on Tuesday expanded their ground offensive into urban refugee camps in central Gaza after bombarding the crowded Palestinian communities and ordering residents to evacuate. Gaza's main telecom provider announced another complete interruption of services in the besieged territory. The military's announcement of the new battle zone threatens further destruction in a war that Israel says will last for many months as it vows to crush the ruling Hamas militant group after its October 7th attack. Israeli forces have been engaged in heavy urban fighting in northern Gaza and the southern city of Khan Yunus, driving Palestinians into ever smaller areas in search of refuge. The U.S. said Israel's Minister for Strategic Affairs, Ron Dermer, met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. 
Despite U.S. calls for Israel to curb civilian casualties and international pressure for a ceasefire, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said the military was deepening the fighting. Uh, Israel's um, offensive is one of the most devastating military campaigns in recent history. More than 20,900 Palestinians, two-thirds women and children, have been killed, according to the health ministry in Gaza, whose count doesn't differentiate between civilians and combatants. The UN Human Rights Office said the continued bombardment in middle Gaza claimed more than 100 Palestinian lives since Christmas Eve. The office noted that Israel had ordered some residents to move there. Meanwhile, Israel said it would no longer grant automatic visas to UN employees and accused the world body of being, quote-unquote, complicit partners in Hamas's tactics. Government spokesman Elon Levy said Israel would consider visa requests case by case. That could further limit aid efforts in Gaza. The Israeli military ordered residents to evacuate a belt of territory the width of central Gaza, urging them to move to nearby Deir al-Bala, or Deir al-Bala, D-E-I-R-A-L-B-A-L-A-H. The UN humanitarian office said the area ordered evacuated was home to almost 90,000 people before the war and now shelters more than 61,000 displaced people, mostly from the north. The telecom outrage announced, excuse me, the telecom outage announced by Paltel follows similar outages throughout through much of the war. Netblocks, a group that tracks internet outages, confirmed. That network connectivity in Gaza was disrupted again and likely to leave most residents offline. Below this um, is an article titled, Missile Strikes Hit Russian Ship. Military aid from the U.S. remains in doubt over political disputes. Article by Hannah Arirova, I think, A-R-H-I-R-O-V-A, for the Associated Press. it has a, it's beneath a photo of, um, a, what looks to be a casket covered in, um, the Ukrainian flag of yellow and blue, as well as, um, a bouquet of of flowers or a wreath of flowers with, um, the same colors, um, with, with ribbons tied around it with the same colors. Um, it's being hugged by a woman in a black um beanie and um a sweatshirt a black sweatshirt um who appears to be crying um she's around she's surrounded by other people in uh winter clothing um who some of which who are also clothing uh cr- sorry crying and um one woman who is appears to be patting her on the back is captioned Hannah Boychuk um, cries Tuesday. Uh, Boychuk, that's B-O-I-C-H-U-K, cries Tuesday during the funeral of her son, Vasil Boychuk, a, um, a Vasil, um, a Ukrainian serviceman who was killed in Verkhovna, Ukraine. Kiev, Ukraine. Ukrainian warplanes damaged a Russian ship moored in the Black Sea of Crimea, 
Both countries said Tuesday, bolstering Ukrainian morale after battlefield disappointments and doubts about the future of Western aid. The planes fired guided missiles at the landing ship um, Novocherkask, Novocherkask, uh, N-O-V-O-C-H-E-R-K-A-S-S-K, which is moored at the base in the city of Feodosia, um, Russia's defense ministry said. Video on Russian and Ukrainian social media showed an explosion in the port. Ukrainian authorities claimed the ship was destroyed. They said it was likely carrying ammunition and possibly drones. The 360-foot Novocherskysk can carry 10 tanks and 225 sailors. We saw how powerful the blast and detonation were. It's extremely difficult for a ship to survive something like that. Ukrainian Air Force spokesman Yuri in it, Yuri in it, Y-U-R-I-I-I-H-N-A-T, said on U.S.-backed Radio Liberty. The, U- the Russian fleet has become smaller. Ukrainian Air Force Commander Mikola Oleshchuk said in a mocking message on the social media app Telegram, he urged Russians to leave Crimea while it's not too late. Over the last few months, Ukrainian forces conducted a string of attacks around Crimea, a Black Sea peninsula invaded and illegally annexed by Russia in 2014. Uh, Ukrainian President uh, Vol- Vol- oh, Volodymyr Zelensky excuse me, uh, credits those attacks mostly with naval drones, which allowing, with allowing Ukraine to restore navigation in the Black Sea and export millions of tons of grain. In September, a Ukrainian attack hit the headquarters of Russia's Black Sea fleet in the Crimean city of Sevastopol, killing one serviceman. Ukraine launched more missiles against the city the next day. Despite high hopes for a broader Ukrainian summer counteroffensive, the front line barely moved, and political disputes in allied countries left billions of dollars of aid in doubt. Um, this week, President Joe Biden is struggling to secure congressional support for continuing American assistance to Ukraine, even though he repeatedly promised that the United States would back Ukraine for as long as it takes to defeat the Russian invasion. There's no sign of a bipartisan deal to maintain the flow of supplies as the war approaches its third year. Below these are two smaller articles besides each other. The one left to the one to the left is titled Holiday Spending in US Rises During Holidays. Sales were up this year despite some financial anxiety. New York Holiday sales rose this year and spending remained resilient during the shopping season, even with Americans wrestling with higher prices in some areas and other financial worries. According to the latest measure released Tuesday, holiday sales from the beginning of November through Christmas Eve climbed 3.1%, a slower pace than the 7.6% increase from a year earlier according to MasterCard Spending Pulse, which tracks all kinds of payments, including cash and debit cards. This year's sales are more in line with what is typical during the holiday season, however, after a surge in spending last year during the same period. The number of people seeking unemployment benefits has remained historically low. Still, sales growth was a bit slower than the 3.7% increase MasterCard Spending Pulse projected in September, Tuesday's data excludes the automotive industry and isn't adjusted for inflation. 
Consumer spending accounts for nearly 70% of U.S. economic activity, and economists carefully monitor how Americans spend, particularly during the holidays, to gauge how they're feeling financially. The second article, which is the one to the right, is titled, Biden Orders Strikes on Iranian-Aligned Group, U.S. Troops Wounded Monday in Drone Attack in Northern Iraq, article by the Associated Press. Washington. U.S. President Joe Biden ordered the United States military to carry out retaliatory airstrikes against Iranian-backed militia groups after three U.S. service members were injured in a drone attack in northern Iraq. National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson said one of the U.S. troops suffered critical injuries in the attack that occurred Monday. The Iranian-backed militia Kataib Kataib, uh, K-A-T-A-I-B, uh, Hezbollah, and affiliated groups under an umbrella of Iranian-backed militants claimed credit for the attack. Iraqi officials said U.S. strikes targeting malicious sites early Tuesday killed one militant and wounded 18. They came at a time of heightened fears of a regional spillover of the Israel-Hamas wars. Biden spent Christmas at the presidential retreat at Camp David, Maryland, was alerted to the attack by White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan shortly after it occurred Monday and ordered the Pentagon and his top national security aides to prepare for response options. The U.S. strikes were carried out at about 4.45 a.m. Tuesday in Iraq, less than 13 hours after the U.S. personnel were attacked. Moving to the Reader's Digest on the left side, which are all in column, which are all in a column. The first one is titled Migrant Caravan Continues March. Uh, Huitzla, maybe? Uh, Mexico, H-U-I-X-T-L-A, Huitzla, is my best guess. Under a beating sun, thousands of migrants in a caravan continued to trudge through southern Mexico on Tuesday, with some saying they expect nothing good from an upcoming meeting this week between American and Mexican officials about the migrant surge at the U.S. border. The migrants passed by Mexico's main inland immigration inspection point outside the town of Huitzla in southern uh, Chiapas, Chiapas? Uh, C-H-I-A-P-A-S state. State. Uh, National Guard officials there made no attempt to stop the estimated 6,000 members of the caravan. The migrants were trying to make it to the next town, Via Comaltitlan. Via Comaltitlan? C O M A L T I T L A N, about 11 miles north of Huitzla. In the past, Mexico let migrants go through, trusting that they would tire themselves out walking along the highway. No migrant caravan has ever walked a thousand miles to the U.S. border. Um, below this is titled Menendez, Prosecutors Don't Want Trial Delayed. Uh, New York, federal prosecutors on Tuesday urged a judge to reject U.S. Senator Bob Menendez's request to delay his bribery trial scheduled for next spring by two months until July. Prosecutors argued against a postponement a week after defense lawyers offered multiple reasons they say trial of the Democrat and co-defendants, including his wife, should be delayed. The senator gave up his position as chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee after his September arrest. Prosecutors said the original May 6 trial date was appropriate and drew no objections when it was announced even, through circumstance, even though circumstances were the same. 
Moving on to the brieflies, these are all by the Associated Press. Uh, police said Tuesday they were are investigating incidents directed at Colorado Supreme Court justices and providing extra patrols around their homes in Denver after the court's decision to remove former President Donald Trump from the state's presidential primary ballot. Alabama. U.S. District Judge Lyles Burke declined Tuesday to pause litigation challenging Alabama's ban on gender-affirming care for minors as similar cases swined upward toward the U.S. Supreme Court. The Justice Department requested the stay. NATO membership. The Turkish Parliament's Foreign Affairs Committee gave its consent to Sweden's bid to join NATO on Tuesday, drawing the previously non-aligned Nordic country closer to membership in the Western Military Alliance. Alexei Alexei, um, Navalny, um, N-A-V-A-L-N-Y, Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, on Tuesday released a sardonic statement about his transfer to an Arctic prison colony, his first appearance since associates lost contact with him three weeks ago. I am your new Santa Claus, Navalny said in a tweet. Uh, Congo. Flooding triggered by heavy rains in central Congo killed at least 22 people, including 10 from the same family, a local official said Tuesday. The hours-long rainfall in Kasei, K-A-S-A-I, Central Province, destroyed many structures, the province's governor, John Kabea, said. Villagers killed. Gunmen attacked remote villages over the weekend in north-central Nigeria's Plateau State, killing at least 140 people, officials and survivors said Tuesday. The latest case this year of such mass killings blamed on the former herder crisis, the farmer herder crisis in the West African nation. Um, moving on to page four, which is a splash um, page of a beautiful river. Remember those you have loved, cherished, or myth. Death notices, in memoriam, obituaries, celebrations of life. Um, it is an advertisement for the Sioux City Journal, if you wish to have any of these um, published in the paper. Uh, this Moving on to the fifth page, um, excuse me, uh, It um, this is a sports section. Um, under NFL, there's a photo of a man in like a big, he's wearing a football uh, jersey with the, an eight, a blue eight on his chest. Um, and I think what's like a turtleneck kind of neck warmer situation and a big gray beanie it's titled um um he carries like a pocket like a what it looks to be like a square thing in his hands uh baltimore quarterback lamar jackson runs off the field after the ravens defeated the san francisco 49ers on monday in santa clara california article by Godofredo A. Vasquez, G-O-D-O-F-R-E-D-O, Godofredo, maybe, for the Associated Press. Um, The Chiefs lost again. The Eagles struggled against the lowly Giants. The 49ers were embarrassed at home. 
Christmas Day was rough on Super Bowl contenders except for the Ravens. Lamar Jackson boosted his MVP chances and Baltimore made a major statement with a convincing 33-19 victory over San Francisco and a primetime matchup Monday night that featured the NFL's num- two number one seeds. The Ravens, 12-3, would earn a first-round bye and home-field advantage throughout the AFC playoffs with a win at home against Miami, 11-4 on Sunday. I'm honored to be in the conversation, Jackson said, about improving his bid for his second NFL MVP award. We just have to keep winning to get to February, that's all. The goal for Jackson isn't an individual award. He wants a Super Bowl ring. Uh, The Ravens have won five in a row and can't let up with the Dolphins coming up next. Um, The 49ers, 11-4, were the NFL's hottest team until they ran into Roquan Smith, I believe. R-O-Q-U-A-N Smith. And Baltimore's tenacious defense, Brock Purdy, who became an MVP favorite with a sensational stretch during a six-game winning streak, threw four interceptions and finished the night watching from a the sideline after getting banged up. Despite the loss, Fran- San Francisco is still in control of the NFC's number one seed. Sorry about that. There was a strange uh, space between those words. The 49ers would clinch the top spot with wins over the Commanders and Rams to close out the regular season. But the rest of the NFC should have hope after watching the Ravens take down San Francisco. I don't think they're demoralized, 49ers coach Kyle Shanahan said about his team. We weren't balanced, had too many turnovers. The holiday triple header began with a stunner when the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs gave one away, losing 20-14 to to Las Vegas. The Raiders scored a pair of touchdowns on consecutive turnovers by Patrick Mahomes and won a game without completing a pass after the first quarter. The Chiefs, 9-6, have now lost 5-8 of eight and likely will have to play their first road playoff game with Mahomes if they even survive the wild card round. An offense that has sputtered throughout the year's season couldn't do much against the Raiders and was unable to overcome the costly mistakes. I thought defense played a good game, just two mistakes that gave them two touchdowns there when you'd when you're backed up in their red zone. So you just can't do that, Mahomes said. Especially when defense is playing like they're playing. But I just have to be better in that sense and not make those mistakes and try to find a way to play the game and the best way to win to the win it. Uh, Kansas City still has a two-game lead over the Raiders and Broncos in the AFC West, but hasn't clinched the division title yet. The Chiefs need one win over the Bengals or Chargers to wrap it up, but their road back to the Super Bowl will look different. Mahomes likely is going to have to play the first road playoff game of his career if the Chiefs advance beyond the wild card round. After the Chiefs were upset, it appeared there would be a route in Philadelphia. The Eagles jumped to a 23 halftime lead over the Giants that sent Tommy DeVito to the bench. But a pair of turnovers, including a pick six by Adoree, A-D-O-R-E-E Jackson off Jalen Hurts, got New York closer and Tyrod uh, Taylor threw a 69-yard TD pass to Darius Slayton uh, that cut it to 30-25 to with five minutes and 22 seconds left, 522 left. 
During 33-25, the Giants had a chance despite clumsy clock management. Taylor's pass from the Philadelphia 26 was picked in the end zone to end the game. The Eagles, 11-4, snapped a three-game losing streak and stayed in control of the NFC East with an outside shot to still earn the number one seed. But a shaky performance against the Giants isn't going to silence critics. The Eagles often haven't looked like the team that went to the Super Bowl last year. We know we have better football in us, Coach Nick Sirianni said. To be 11-4 and still have better football left in you, that's encouraging. But let's go. We have to get there. Beneath this um, is college football bowl roundup. It has a photo of um football player in um, mostly a red jersey and shorts um, with gold sort of, I want to say, accents um, and a white one on his chest. He's um, He has a football in his hand and he's running in, a, in the field and he looks like he's about to get sidelined or side-tackled by... Um, Another man in um, white, a white jersey. Um, it's captioned, Minnesota running back Darius Taylor left, rushes as Bowling Green linebacker Cassius Howell defends during the first half of the quick lane bowl on Tuesday in Detroit. Article by Al Goldis for the Associated Press. Um, Detroit, freshman Darius Taylor, or Darius Taylor, uh, returned from a leg injury to rush for a career-high 208 yards, and Minnesota beat Bowling Green 30-24 to in the Quick Lane Bowl on Tuesday. Minnesota 6-7, which was selected for the bowl because it had the best academic progress rate among five-win teams, um, won its seventh consecutive bowl game overall and fifth in a row under coach P.J. Fleck. Uh, Taylor, who missed the Gophers' previous five games, had 35 carries, including a 17-yard touchdown run midway through the fourth quarter that gave Minnesota Minnesota a 30-17 to lead. The 5-foot-11 uh, running back, a Detroit native, averaged 176 yards during a three-game stretch in September, but had only played in one game since. It's so cool to watch him come back to his home city and his home state, do what he did in front of a lot of people who came to support him, Fleck said. He's a really special individual, a great young person, and he's going to be one of the faces of this program for a long time. First responder Bull, Texas, ST45, Rice 21. Oh, Texas State 45, Rice 21, excuse me. Linebacker Brian Holloway returned two interceptions for touchdowns. Jamil Jeter, or Jader, um, ran for three scores, and Texas State beat Rice in Dallas. It was the Bobcats' first bowl appearance as an FBS program. Holloway had a 36-yard pick six early in the second quarter and returned his second inter- interception, 48 yards for a TD, and the third that made it 38-21. to both picks came against A.J. Paget, who was intercepted three times overall. Shaki uh, Itrish, uh, that's S-H-A-W-Q-I, Shaki, I believe, and Itrish, I-T-R-A-I-S-H, 
um, relieved Padgett in the fourth quarter and threw two more picks as Texas State forced seven turnovers. Ishmael uh, Mahdi um, uh, rushed for 122 yards on 24 carries for the Bobcats, 8-5. to five. Uh, Dean Connors scored on runs of 3 and 28 yards for the Owls, 6-7. to seven. Guaranteed Rate Bowl, Kansas 49, UNLV 36. Um, Jason Bean threw for 449 yards and all six of his touchdown passes to two receivers and penalty plagued Kansas outlasted UNLV in the guaranteed rate bowl. Uh, the Jayhawks signed a four ranked 14th nationally for fewest penalties with 55 during the regular season were flagged 18 times for 210 yards, including four personal fouls. They made up for it with an explosive offense that produced 591 total yards at Chase Field in Phoenix. Luke Graham had four catches for 16 yards and three touchdowns. Lawrence Arnold added six catches for 132 yards and three more scores, giving Kansas two receivers with three touchdowns each in a game for the first time in program history. Jaden Mayava, Mayava, Mayava threw two touchdown passes in the third quarter to rally UNLV 9-5, nearly all the way back from a 21-point deficit early in the second, but the Rebels couldn't stop Kansas. Mayava added a 50-yard touchdown pass to Seneca McKee and finished 24 of 35 for 291 yards with two interceptions. Um, these two articles are um, partnered or are besides a, um, uh, a column article pushed to the, in the right side of the page. Um, it's titled injuries pile up for frustrated Lawrence NFL news NFL notes excuse me for the Associated Press Jacksonville Florida Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence has a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder but Doug but coach Doug Peterson says he could practice later this week Peterson says Lawrence is progressing and he's a little bit sore Doing better today than he did yesterday, Peterson said Tuesday. We'll see where he's at again tomorrow. The Jaguars host Carolina on Sunday in Jacksonville, with Jacksonville trying to end a four-game losing streak and keep alive hopes of making the postseason for the second time in as many seasons. Lawrence has stated 51 consecutive games since the Jags drafted him with the first overall pick in the 2021 draft. He's been banged up as never before of late, dealing with a sprained ankle, sprained knee, a concussion, and now a sprained shoulder. Lawrence landed on his right shoulder while driving for a first down on a fourth and one play. The third season of Sunday's um, 30-12 loss at Tampa Bay, he could barely lift his arm in the locker room after the game. He was ineffective before he got hurt, throwing two interceptions and losing a fumble as Jacksonville um, fell behind 30-0 on the way to its fourth straight loss. Lawrence completed 17 for 29 passes for 211 yards, and all three of his turnovers led to Tampa Bay touchdowns. Lawrence's frustration seemed to reach a new high after the game. It looks like we don't even practice, Lawrence said. The stuff that we're doing, we look lost. No sense of urgency. 
I mean, the list goes on and on. I feel like we have good weeks of preparation. I feel like we're prepared going into games. And then something happens on game day the last month where it just all just falls apart. Below this article is one titled, um, are the briefleaves. Um, uh, the first one is Texans. Houston's claimed hard-hitting but oft-suspended safety Kareem Jackson uh, off waivers from the Denver Broncos. Jackson began his 14-year career with the Texans as the 20th overall pick in the 2010 draft out of Alabama. After nine seasons with Houston, he moved to safety when he joined the Broncos in 2019. This year, he's repeatedly run afoul of the league's safety rules with several illegal hits. Steelers. Mason Rudolph's dynamic play against Cincinnati helped keep Pittsburgh's season alive. The longtime backup quarterback could get a chance to do it again when the Steelers visit Seattle on New Year's Eve. Coach Mike Tomlin said Rudolph will quote-unquote have the ball to begin the week and will get the nod against the Seahawks if starter Kenny Pickett can't go. Jets. Trevor Siemian. S-I-E-M-I-A-N, will start a second consecutive game at quarterback for New York with Zach Wilson still in the concession, concussion protocol. Coach Robert Saleh, S-A-L-E-H, ruled Wilson out Tuesday as the Jets prepare to face the Browns in Cleveland on Thursday. Browns. Cleveland will be without kicker Dustin Hopkins for Thursday's game against the New York Jets because of a left hamstring injury as the Browns try to clinch a playoff berth. Saints. New Orleans coach Dennis Allen is all but ruling out the return of top cornerback Marshawn Lattimore or starting receiver Michael Thomas for Sunday's game at Tampa Bay. Both players have been eligible to return from IR since last week but are not expected to practice this week. Vikings. Minnesota coach Kevin O'Connell said tight end TJ Hawkinson and linebacker TJ Wanham will miss the rest of the season with injuries. Hawkinson sustained tears in the MCL and ACL in his knee during Sunday's loss to Detroit. Wanham tore his quad quadriceps on a non-contact injury. Um, only have four minutes left, but I'll can. Continue to uh, page six, which looks to be um, hockey and basketball. Um, the uh, the a large central article um, has a photo of four people sitting courtside. Their colors seem to be, I want to say, like a dark blue and a orange. Um, they one man has his like chin in his hand. One man is, like, looking at what I believe is probably a scoreboard. Another man is sort of, like, staring at his lap. And another, and the one closest to camera has, like, a Gatorade towel. Like, a towel with, like, Gatorade logo on it. Draped around his shoulder. And I think he's looking where the the other man is looking as well at, like, a scoreboard. Um, It's captioned from left. Pistons forward Kevin Knox II, guard Marcus Sasser, forward Azar, A-U-S-A-R, Azar Thompson, and forward Bojan Bogdanovic watch from the bench during the fourth quarter of Tuesday's game against the Nets in Detroit. Uh, article by Duane, uh, D-U-A-N-E, 
Duane, maybe, Burleson for the Associated Press. Um, the tr- uh, and it's titled, Pistons Set Record for Longest Losing Streak in a Single Season. Detroit. The Detroit Pistons set an NBA single-season record with their 27th consecutive loss Tuesday night as Cam Johnson scored 24 points to lead the Brooklyn Nets to a 118-112 victory. Cade Cunningham scored 41 points, but the Pistons broke a tie with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, 2010-11 and Philadelphia 76ers 213-14. The 76ers held hold the overall mark at 28, which started in the 2014-2015 season and carried into 2015 and 2016. A lot of this load is trusted to me on the court and in the locker room, Cunningham said. Every day I try to lead the squad and I haven't been successful at that, 2-28. to 28. It's only right that I speak for it and be the face of it. Cunningham scored 37 in the second half and shot 15 for 21 from the field, but Bojan Bogdanovic with the only other Pistons player with more than 15. Bulls, 118. Hawks, 113. Andre Drummond, um, D-R-U-M-M-O-N-D, had 24 points and 25 rebounds, and Chicago beat visiting Atlanta. The Hawks' Trey Young had his seven-game streak of at least 30 points and 10 assists end. Magic, 127. Wizards, 119. Uh, Franz Wagner had 28 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. Uh, Paolo, P-A-O-L-O, Palo, maybe? Banchero scored 24 points in Orlando, 1 in Washington. Jordan Poole led the Wizards with 30 points. Thunder, 129. Timberwolves, 106. Shea Gilgis Alexander scored 34 points. Jalen Williams added 21. And Oklahoma City made 18 of 39 shots from three-point range to beat visiting Minnesota. Jazz 130. Spurs 118. Laurie Markinen, Markinen had 31 points and 12 rebounds, leading Utah over host San Antonio. The Spurs got 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 blocked shots from Victor Wimbenyama. Uh, Pacers, 123. Rockets, 117. Tyrese Halliburton uh, had 33 points and 10 rebounds, and Indiana made some key stops to beat visiting Houston, which got 30 points and 16 rebounds from Alperin Singen. Uh, Grizzlies, 116. Pelicans, 115. Uh, went into overtime. Ja Morant, uh, or Jay Morant, um, just J-A, uh, scored 31 points, and Memphis defeated host New Orleans to improve to 4-0 since Morant made his season debut in New Orleans a week earlier. Trail Blazers 130, Kings 113, Anthony Simmons scored 29 points to lead Portland over visiting Sacramento. Uh, Duop, D-U-O-P, um, Reith added a career-high 25 points and grabbed 9 rebounds off the bench. Clippers, 113. Hornets, 104. Paul George passed 17,000 career points in a 25-point performance to lead Los Angeles past visiting Charlotte. James Harden led the Clippers with 29 points. 